ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sober Grind Podcast. Today we have a very special episode for you, but as always, my name is Austin Armstrong, joined by my special co-host and friend. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hold on a little feedback. (laughs) There we go. Okay. So, yes, extremely, a very, very special guest by the name of Jamie Coco. Hi, folks. How you guys? How you doing, man? Hi, Jamie. Welcome. Welcome to the Sober Grind. Hey, before we start, can I ask you guys a quick question? Of course. No. Where was the green room? And where was that cater buffet you guys promised? (laughs) The cater buffet is after this, and you can take us to Yes, yeah. You'll be paying. It's it's Taco Mesa. It's right there. And then the green room, is. this is actually the green room right here. We just have the Costa Mesa DMV in the background. That is like a... Yeah, we've we've really upped our production value. It looks (laughs) so realistic. And where's your house band? You don't even know. The house band? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We got a joker over here. And he's wearing Patagonia. Our topic today is awesome. It's overcoming fear, overcoming obstacles, getting uncomfortable. Um, James Coco has has a ton going on. He's going to share a little bit about his story and uh, and what he's got coming up. Um, so let's just jump in. James, do you want to uh, explain a little bit about your background? And um, well, I mean, what, what what part of my background? I mean, just my, my the well, climbing long, aspect or my sobriety. Well, let's or? let's start with sobriety and then work up to what you're doing. So how long how long? Yeah, have you been my sober? my sobriety is uh, April fifteenth of two thousand thirteen. So I'm, I'm about five and a half years. And um, amazing. Yeah, I'm incredibly blessed, and um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy to be alive. It's a it's a miracle that I'm that I'm here today, considering where I was on April fourteenth of two thousand thirteen. Dead. This this guy <laughs> this guy here has met me on April fourteenth two thousand thirteen. That's so right. He could probably attest to my uh, my um, my state at that time. So. I remember. Mm. I remember. Jamie and I have a major history. I was mm. uh, working in a treatment center as a case manager. And he, he was one of our clients and he came through and was in some of the groups that we were in and he was uh, around my age so we kind of just, we, we vibed together really well. There was a lot of younger guys in there too but um, I remember he was a broken soul of a human being and he came in there and kind of just took recovery by the horns. It didn't take very long for, for you to, to jump on board yeah. and do what we were doing. Well, I, I think I had the, uh, you know, the, the, they call it the gift of desperation. And you know, I was desperate, and I don't know if you guys know it, but you know what the Latin, Latin for for desperate is? It's you know, without spirit, you know, without just, spirit. despair. I didn't know that. Oh, despair. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. When did you first realize that? Was there was there a pivotal key moment, or was it just accumulative of everything? You know, I mean, I I traced the lineage of my addiction, alcoholism, back to you know, a, a young a young child. You know, but you know, when we're eight nine years old, um, you know. You don't recognize it. You just, I just know that I just never felt right. I, I always felt uncomfortable in any situation it was. And I look back now and it was just, it was fear of emotions, really. Yeah. You know, I just couldn't walk through my emotions, even from a young age. You know, I remember. Where were you raised? I was raised in um, New Jersey for oh. the first part of my life. Where in New Jersey? In uh, Somerset County, a little town called Dude, Bridgewater. Dude, we have a ton in common. I'm from There's a Jersey kid right here. I'm from Point Pleasant. I, I usually don't say that unless I know someone from Jersey. But then we moved to Vermont when I was like 12 years old. My folks bought a. A, uh, a hotel up in ski country in Vermont in Killington and mm. and that's where it really got bad. I bought a, a hotel that had bars in it and um, that's really where my my, uh, my disease uh, really, you know, took the training wheels off. And um, Did it start with drinking? Yeah, it did. My, um, yeah, I just, I remember I was probably 13 years old and uh, 
I had some friends from Jersey come up and visited, and we, my parents had gone to bed. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're watching this, I don't think they knew this. <laughs> but they had this bar, and they they worked their butts off in this hotel, and they go to bed just tired. We and so one night we went down into the you know into the basement of this uh, you know of this hotel, and and I just started just you know I didn't I didn't know anything about making cocktails or drinks or anything. I just started pouring tequila and rum, and just poured in this big you know tumbler. Mm. And, Mixed it up and like no ice, it was warm. And All just, kinds of different just, alcohol. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't know anything about what to mix, so I just, I just poured it in. That'll like, get you drunk. <laughs> and I poured it into you know four glasses and gave it to my buddies, and you know two of them threw up, one of them like spit it out, and I put mine down, and it tasted like shit, but it just, it just, it gave me that 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 feeling that I've been searching for for so long. That and, sense of ease and comfort. Yes, and just where I actually had the, you know, the courage to face my emotions for, mm. you know, for a few minutes. Right. And, and I chased that for, you know, for the next 30 years, 35 years. And um, it just got slowly, you know, worse and worse and worse. And so um, really at a very young age you yeah. just started. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, everybody that's, uh, that's watching or listening to this as well, feel free to uh, submit any questions, say hello, let us know where you're watching from. We'd love to uh, interact with you during this experience. Uh, but we're just going to keep uh, chugging along here. Um, so you have about five and a half years of experience now, or uh, so, sobriety now. What were some of the things that you really took with you to help maintain the sobriety? Um, God, honestly, I mean, there's, there's, I, I could answer that in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. But you know, I guess the thing that pops out in my mind right now is is really just, I mean, it kind of goes back to, to fears. You know, it was just mm -hmm. it was getting that courage. Um, to handle my fears as they as they come, and um, you know, there's 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 been so many pivotal moments in my, my sobriety, but um, you know, my my probably my most memorable moment of, of sobriety was probably about a week or two um, into uh, you know my my, um, my recovery. Um, I was down at the beach with a, a group from I don't think you were there that day, but um, you know we were with a bunch of friends, a bunch of guys from from our facility and. Mm -hmm. Um, I just remember just sitting on the beach and thinking, you know, where, where was this, this God that everybody was talking about? Like, where, where the hell was he? Here I was, I was two weeks sober and I was still miserable. Right. Like, I, my, my disease took me to the, to the gates of hell. Mm -hmm. I stopped using drugs and alcohol and I was still at the gates of hell. Like, right. I couldn't quite, like, I'm like, what, what's, what's this sobriety thing? It still sucks. You know, right. I was still tormented. I was still in anguish and, and full of despair and, and, and um, sadness. And at that moment, um, there was a little seal on the beach. Um, I thought it was dead, and uh, so he picked his head up and made this like horrendous noise at me, um, like, hmm. basically telling me to go away. Like and, like um, what like? But it was a little more. It was a little more forceful. Anyways, still. It was at that moment that I realized that um, that God was there and he was he was uh, inside of me, and I just mm. I couldn't see him because uh, you know my my head was you know too far my you know what. Can we curse on this show? No? Well, you just did, so there's one. <laughs> what? Oh, I said, you know That's what? Okay. Uh, earlier. Oh, I did? It's Sorry. Okay. It's I'm okay. kind of a potty mouth. That's okay. I'll work on that. It's a, it's a Vermont. It's one of my shortcomings. It's what happens in, it's in New Jersey. It's in Jersey. <laughs> no, I, I actually want to interject here real quick. I, yeah. This is what I want to say. So, we've had a lot of guests on the show, and I have a lot of friends in recovery. But when it comes to Jamie Coco, I call him Jamie. That's how I know him. When people call him James, it's like, official James Coco. But, like, Jamie's a big deal to me. Yeah. And the reason that I say that is because, you know, they usually tell you not to become friends with clients that you work with and all that. And Jamie wasn't really on my caseload, but, uh, but he was in my groups. And um, we would do these four agreements groups and mm -hmm. he would interact and that. We did a self-discovery group and he was one of the people 
that I was pretty fresh at, at running groups at that time. I'd ran them in, the, in another center, but I, I'd come into this facility and it was an you know, all-male population, and Jamie and a couple of other guys were older. They were my age, in our early 40s at the time, uh, but Jamie stood out to me because you could see he was a shell of a human being that wasn't well, and he was depressed and sad, and it was just a beautiful thing to watch him arise and flourish and get out of himself and start to develop this uh, a skill set. He already was very skillful when it came to writing and things like that. You're a journalist before, right? Yeah, I was. Uh, see, I, I study people. Uh, but he, he already had a, you know, a very educated, very smart, nice guy, good attitude, but something that stood out the most to me, and besides everything else that he's done, which we'll get to in a second, is the fact that he took recovery by the horns and he got plugged into the recovery community. And there's, it, you don't see that that often. You don't see a lot of people, people like you think a lot of people that we see that are a little bit older may change or may, uh, may get plugged in, but there's a lot of people that are so caught up in their own way of living and their own uh, way of thinking that they don't really get plugged into the community. I think they're better than a 12-step community or they're better than building a support group because they have it all figured out. They forget that it was their own brains that was damaged that brought them into recovery and perhaps they should put down their guard. And Jamie was one of the ones that let us in, you know, and then, and I'll say this and then I'll shut it's up. obviously effective for you. Extremely effective because he went from being, he was an employee, I mean, sorry, he was a, a client who then was hired on as an employee and he was just doing kind of like tech work, you know, mm -hmm. like support staff. But over a period of time, they, they the higher up, realized his talents. And, mm. and he also came to them with a proposal and saying that he wanted to do like a wilderness type of program for them. Oh wow. So when he was, okay. he was you know, as this place was growing, he was the first one to take on some, you know, like star clients, people that were doing really well. And I remember we went on our first expedition to, what was it? It was Big Bear, Big Bear right? And we Very camped cool. in the mountains. I was the case manager. Cool. I needed to do my, my uh, notes in the mountains, but it was really cool. He, he took me on these... Uh, got pulled over by the CHP. He got pulled over by the CHP. <laughs> he talked himself out of that one. And then... And then Actually, he, you did. You guys have that one. <laughs> I, I, I folded. I crumpled. Oh, he was pressure. nervous. <laughs> could be. But I remember that he took me on these murderous hikes. I'm talking like stuff, things, that, hikes were, when I was going up, I'm like, I'm too old for this, my body's not equipped for this anymore, and on top of it, how am I going to get down from this mountain? You know, I was truly fearful, but I remember it's like, like the things that we did was like, we would take these rocks and write down certain things that, that keep that are negative in our lives, mm -hmm. and go up to the top of this, what was it called, Castle Rock? or Castle Rock. Castle Rock, and when we got to the top up there, we threw them over to let our, you wow. know, all of our, all, exactly, all of our, the, the anguish, the pain, the, the guilt, the more remorse, the, the shame, just throw it over it. And then I remember coming down the mountain and thinking like, I'm, I'm, no, I'm gonna be the last guy coming down. But when I came down, the coolest thing was the next morning, like our, our last morning, we were in the middle of this meadow and there was, there was all these trees and it was purely, like it was nature at its finest, right? And we ran a four agreements group, the very same group that we all enjoyed uh, having back in the treatment center, out in the woods with all of these guys. And, it was cool, you know, there was, but the sad thing is, is that a couple of guys that were on that hike, I think one of them died. You know, mm -hmm. he went out and relapsed afterwards. But I remember going to like a lake and fishing and all, and he took it to another level. Jamie started these expeditions with lots and lots and lots of clients mm -hmm. at that time. So here's a person that came in broken, that went from being a client to being, you know, a lower end staff member to being somebody who's 
very valuable, and he's completely changed his life. And just watching his journey and all the hikes that he does now, you know, yeah. uh, this guy's amazing. He's we we he's a prankster too. We we joke around a lot. When it comes around April first, like you got to watch yourself if you're around him. <laughs> you will, you will find things in your food and tax yeah. on your. And not not to get you know to bring this too sad or anything, but the, the reality of addiction is you said one guy. Is, Died. Actually, there's three guys that died. Oh, three. From, we brought eight guys, and and one of those guys is sober today. So we brought eight guys. Three are dead. One sober. Wow. Um, and, and I only know that because I did a. I remember I did that picture of our, yes. our friend, yep. Um, yep. you know, Matt. You oh, know, I forgot. Yeah, he was you know, Matt, one. Matt, yeah. Matt lost his battle to this disease. So I, you know, it's a, it's a very real, um, very real and lethal enemy that we face. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we we gotta stay vigilant on a daily basis. On a daily basis. I want to use that as a, as a segue into talking about nature. First, we had a, a question that came in uh, from Kimberly about what, what's your biggest fear now? Um, hi, Kimberly. Um, my biggest fear, uh, that's, that's a hard one, but I guess, I mean, as, as it pertains to Denali, which I guess we'll get to in a little bit, mm -hmm. um, because I, as some of you may know, I am, I am climbing Denali next year. And where's Denali, just in case people don't know? Because well, when I hear Denali, I think of a motorcycle. Yeah, Mount Mc, it's, it used to be called Mount McKinley. It's, okay. it's the tallest mountain in North America. It's oh, so they changed the name yeah. of the mountain. Uh, Barack Obama changed it um, back in, I think, 2016 or something. Okay. That's the last time I'll mention Barack Obama in this broadcast, I promise. <laughs> um, we typically don't get into politics. Yeah, so <laughs> no, so, so it's, it's called, Denali it used to be called Mount McKinley. It's a 20, 21,000 foot mountain. Um, it's one of the seven summits of the world. It's a beast. It's a beast of a climb. Um, it's gonna be a, the, the biggest undertaking of my life. Um, anyways, to answer Kimberly's question, what I fear most, um, I think the thing I fear most is um, probably just going back to the person I used to be. You know, I, I, every day I get up, um, I, 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 I just force myself to become a better person than I was the day before. It's you know, and, and you know, and we'll never be perfect. I'll never be perfect, but I, but we can strive for it. You know, we can strive for that enlightenment. And um, my biggest fear is is regressing. You know, and you can regress maybe one day or maybe two days, but when you start regressing, you know, um, exponentially. Um, then we start. Then we start. You know, dancing with the devil again, and that's my biggest fear. So, right. thanks for the question. That's, that's a good, healthy answer. fear. Yeah, thank you for the question. What are those other keep people them, saying there? Keep them coming in. Um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to ask them. Sure. Also, let us know where you guys are watching from. What, what part of the country, world, state? Sunny says she wants to be on the show. Sunny, um, yes, yeah, send send Pat. I would love to have you on the show, Sunny. We will absolutely do that. We have a lot to talk about, my dear. Francis says that's my fear too. Yep. So let's segue into Denali. Yeah. Where did this goal come from? Um, this goal, um, I know this is a short, short uh, podcast, so I'll, I'll keep this really short. My, we may have to do a step two. Uh, yeah, maybe. But um, <laughs> my, my dream of climbing Denali started back in 1995. I was in Alaska. Mm. I was working on a commercial fishing boat. I had, um, my alcoholism had kind of already gotten a hold of me. I dropped out of college my senior year. I was in Missoula, Montana, at the University of Montana. I went to Alaska. I was working on a commercial fishing boat. It was a cod boat. And we, uh, I remember our, the, the boat broke down, so we had to go into port. Mm -hmm. And the, this miserable-ass captain, um, Captain, uh, what was his name? Captain Bob, I think it was. But he was a bastard. And um, he uh, gave us like three days off. He's like, just go, whatever. And, you know, 
fishermen, you know, you, you get days off the boat, guess where you go? You're gonna go drink. You're gonna go party your, your, yeah. your, your ass off. And um, so we, we uh, me and a couple of buddies, we went to this bluegrass festival in Talkeetna, Alaska, and it turned into like a three day, just, you wow. know, shit show. And, um, you know, we had cocaine, and <laughs> it was my first experience with drinking Robitussin, you know, like just <laughs> chugging Robitussin, who would've thought, you know, you get, you get, you hallucinate your, your ass off on Robitussin. Yeah. And we're just drinking mass, you know, mass amounts of you know alcohol too. Anyways, make a long story even longer. Um, <laughs> so we were for three days, and it was just, it was like it was cloudy for three days, like raining. It was just shitty weather. And we, one morning we were up for like three days. We just did our last line of blow, and all of a sudden, like the, the um, I, we, I didn't even know where I was. Like I just knew I was somewhere in Alaska. But all of a sudden, the skies opened up, and there was Denali, and it just I mean, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. And it was like, whoa, man, it, it knocked me. On my ass. Um, was it still called Mount Kinley at that time? It was time? Mount McKinley at that time. McKinley. And uh, it just was this impressive mountain. And I said to my these two guys, um, I'm like, I'm going to climb that. And uh, they both just laughed at me. They laughed. Isn't that like, great? It's amazing. But, but, I I, but, but, the, but the reality was, my, you weren't my, well. my, I was, first of all, I was 260 pounds. I was, yeah. So I was already very overweight. I hadn't climbed a mountain. I used to climb a lot my freshman year in college. Right. But my disease, you know, took over and I just, I didn't climb. Never got around to it. Never got around to it. And I, uh, you know, I said I was going to climb that, climb that mountain. And now day. you're sober, and you've and been. Now I'm sober. I'm, I'm not getting any younger. I feel like the window's closing. What's um, all the other places you've climbed? You know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here. Well, like, what's, not, what's a few of the mountains that you've climbed that are? Like, I mean, I've climbed Whitney six, six or seven times. Uh -huh. I climbed, I climbed Mount Rainier okay. last summer. That was the, that was Mount Rainier is probably the one of the most technical climbs in, in the lower 48. Is there a fear when you're climbing these other places? Um, I mean, do you look at the mountain and think that's a tall mountain? You know, I'm mean, not as much as like, not really. I, I don't have much fear. Okay, how about the Denali? I, you know, the thing about Denali, I mean, there there are a lot of objective dangers on, on Denali. People, it's one of the most deadliest the deadliest mountains in the world. Right? People have died. It, it's it's up there with, with Everest. I mean, it's, why do they die? Um, probably because of egos. Mm -hmm. A lot of people mm -hmm. die. You know, and that's the biggest. My biggest fear is that my ego. Um, we'll, we'll start running wild again. Okay, and, but um, what happens? Do they freeze to death? Do they... Well, altitude and... No breath? I mean, there's a... There's a, a, a the, big, the biggest killer on, on Denali is the weather. The weather... Mm -hmm. Denali is 100 miles from the Arctic Circle. Okay. It's juxtaposed against the Bering Sea. It's, you know, it's way farther north than ever. So the weather is just notoriously um, volatile on Denali. Okay. It's... it's, it's you, you'd be stuck in your tent for four or five days at a time as the storms come in. It could be 40 below. So the, so the weather is probably the number one danger. Right. Um, you know, obviously the altitude, you know, it's 21,000 feet. Mm -hmm. You know, human beings really don't thrive at that altitude. Right. There's less oxygen, so your organs are starting to, it's not the death zone like, like on Everest where it's, on, you know, it's 8,000, over 8,000 meters. Yes. But it's still high. You have avalanches, that's a big one. Um, and so there's many and, different. And then crevasses. Crevasses are, you know, because most of the climb in Denali is on the Kohitna Glacier. You know, it's a 45-mile-long glacier, mm -hmm. and glaciers just, you know, it's moving ice, and it but, opens up, and, and these crevasses, I fell, you fall in I fell in a crevasse on Mount Rainier, so I'm a little sensitive to crevasses. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, several years ago, nine climbers in one team, just giant crevasse opened up in Denali, and, and they all died. died. So, you know, so, so, so how does this all tie into recovery, and why are, what's the point of doing it now, besides the fact that you dreamed of doing it in 1995. Yeah, well, that's the, the, the reason I'm climbing Denali is, is for three reasons. That's the one is because it's been a lifelong journey, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, lifelong dream of mine. Number two, um, 
you know, as you know, um, you know, the, the, the foundation of, of our of our 12 step program is, is, you know, helping those, you know, carrying the message and helping those that are still right. suffering. Um, I try to sponsor guys. Um, I, I don't have a lot of guys calling me. Mm -hmm. um, so I last April I was climbing on Mount San Jacinto and I had this spiritual awakening and I said, you know, it's time for me to, to help um, help the, those that are still suffering. So right. I'm doing this this climb uh, to bring awareness to opiate addiction. Um, I want to show people out there that there's there's always hope if you're as long as you're drawing breath. Okay. There's there's hope. That's and, right. You know, if someone like me who was shot out, I was spiritually dead, physically you know physically on the brink of death. Mm -hmm. I was almost had diabetes. I was 289 pounds at my heaviest. I couldn't even walk a flight of stairs at, at Wallace. You know. Okay. But I, but I but I had hope. Right. And, that, and, and went from that hope, um, you, you know, you have a chance at this. So, Absolutely. I can't, and then, believe, I can't believe you weighed that much. You yeah. Both. Well, I got little before I saw you, but yeah. then I got strung out on heroin. And I lost you a lot of weight, yeah. Not a lot, but um, I was like 260 when I met you. Yeah. So, yeah, so, and then and then the third reason is, um, you know, um, you know, what do we do in the ninth step? What's, what's the ninth step? Making amends. Well, this is my, my amends this to God. This is your amends, okay, good, to God. To God. Um, I feel like he gave me he gave me an amazing um, life with legs that work and eyes uh, eyes that see and I and I just pissed it away for thirty years. So right. This is my my uh, my amends to God. Giving it back. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. I love that you're a hiker. I don't have as much experience with uh, as it as you, but I love how hiking is such a great analogy for life. Hopefully, you can see uh, Jack down here too. Jack's there's a really dark dog here. This is our friend. His name is Jack. Jack's also a hiker. Jack's a, a drug sniffing dog. Mm. Professionally trained. He's, um, he's my uh, climbing partner. He's his climbing partner. He can find cocaine on the mountain. <laughs> Not to be mistaken with snow. He's, he's very dangerous though. He's very uh Look very at those fangs. White <laughs> he's, not, he's the most peaceful he's more peaceful than me and Gene put together. Yeah. Do you recommend other people go hiking? And what are some of the things that you take away getting yeah, uncomfortable? That's a fear? good question, Awesome. Well first the first part, yes, I do. I mean do I think everyone needs to go climb Denali? No, I don't. I think I think that's that's crazy, you know. Um, but I do think that I think everyone everyone can benefit from from nature, and that doesn't necessarily mean like you know you climbing San Gorgonio. It's a, you know that's a that's a long you, you climb you climb San Gorgonio last in one day, you know. I don't know where that is. It's it's a beast of a climb. You did it in one it's day. It's difficult hike. It's, diff it's very <laughs> difficult. Miles. Um, so no, I don't think everyone needs, but I think nature is a, you know, because we are, we're animals, like, you know, like, people don't realize it, but when we go to nature, we're home. Right. Like, we, we came from nature, we're animals, like, we just have, we're a little bit higher up on the food chain, we're a little bit more evolved, mm -hmm. we have brains that work, you know, a little more, you know, um, intricately than, than animals, mm -hmm. but we're, we're, so I feel like when we're in nature, you know, we're just, we're clicking more things, it's hard to explain, but I just feel like human beings, are more comfortable in nature. Right. But the, the problem is most people, a lot of people have fears about mm -hmm. nature and, and mm -hmm. they have fears of being uncomfortable. They don't know it. It's that perceived fear. So right. people don't, maybe, maybe are hesitant to go. But right. anyone, like just even just go down to your park and you know, feed the ducks, go, you know, go walk in, you know, there's, there's, you know, every town you live in, no matter where you are in America, you know, there's, there's city parks, state parks, you know, right. county parks, and, you know, national parks. We have so much, you know, green space in America. Mm -hmm. And I just, I wish more people would do it. Just not in the days when I'm on the mountain because I don't want to share it. But <laughs> but if I'm not up there, no, I'm just kidding. But like a surfer uh, in the water, locals yes, only. 
And then, you know, what I think, what was the second part? What do I get out of it? Yeah, what do you, what do you get out of it spiritually, emotionally? I mean, obviously there's some physical aspects. Well, I mean, I, I think you just hit it there, Austin. I mean, I, I think it's a combination, you know, I think Pej would, would back me up on this. I think, you know, the key, the key to like sustainable recovery is getting the mind, body, and spirit working, right. working in synchronicity, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. If you can get those three things working all together, it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. You know, it's magic. And for me, climbing mountains, it kind of, it kind of, um, it bring, it's a marriage of all three of those things. That's right. You know, I have the, um, you know, obviously the exertion, it's, it's hard work. Um, but the greatest thing about, um, for me, climbing is that every single climb I go on, it's an exercise of going through my fears. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's like a deep dive into my soul. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that I, I was kind of lacking early on in my sobriety. I just, you know, I, I've gone through the steps of, of our 12-step programs, and, but I was just kind of lacking a little bit. And, you know, until we can look at ourselves, you know, deeply and, and, and profoundly, right. look inside of us, I don't know how successful we're going to be in recovery. And these climbs, for me, it's a, it's a deep dive into every single one. Because a lot of time I go on my own, and, and, it's, and there is fear. Like, I've been in the mountains most of my life, but I still get fear. Right. I start climbing at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's dark, I feel like I'm being stalked by mountain lions <laughs> and, like, like vampires <laughs> and chupacabras. You probably and, are. Maybe I am, but you know what? You know, as long as I've God in my life, that's right. You're um, fine. And my and my heart, if my heart is free, you can walk through fire. Because your head, your head is your worst enemy, and that's one thing I'm learning these, on these climbs. Your, my head is my it's my ego. Like my ego is, is I, I, this is I don't know if this makes any sense, but like my my ego is like the CEO of a corrupt corporation. You know, and he's <laughs> trying to he's analogy. trying to put my heart out of business. That's yeah. profound. I'm going to have to put that on my Facebook post later. So I'm trying to get make my heart my new CEO these days. And nice. fire, fire my ego. Nice. My ego is 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 like uh, what was that uh, that company uh, out of Texas? Uh, not um, Enron. Oh yeah. You know, just <laughs> it's just trying to bilk all the stockholders, and it's corrupt. Right. So I don't know. That makes really sense. Awesome. But, no, that was great. Love it. So we're running a little low on time, but I want yeah. to talk about the documentary. Yeah, so sure. So you're doing a, a documentary, filming the, the process and going up to the height. Can yeah. you talk a little bit of, about that, the premise of it? Well, I can tell you this. Um, I'm more fearful of this damn documentary than I am climbing Denali. <laughs> Why is um, that? Because it's, it's not easy, as you know. Yeah. Um, I, when, I, when, I, when I first started this project, and I, um, you know, I started a, a GoFundMe, and I do want to thank all the people that have um, helped me with my GoFundMe. I love you all. but. And please provide info if uh, yeah. I mean, the GoFundMe. I already hit my goal, so oh, okay. I'm just going to leave oh, it at that. That's, that's um, amazing. I, I don't feel comfortable asking for any more money. Um, I can buy some baby food and stuff with you. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So my I, I, my goal is to um, is to uh, deliver a uh, a documentary. You know, a full length documentary on my story of recovery, my training, and eventually uh, my my climb of, of uh, Mount McKinley in Denali and. Um, you know, I want to call it high, you know, salvation on the mountain. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it just, it really just, I don't, I'm not looking to make any money on it. I'm not looking to, you know, be in, you know, Sundance Film Festival. I just, all I want to do is if I can get it in front of one person out there who is struggling with addiction and, and I can show them the message and show them that there is, you know, there's a way to, to beat this. Because sometimes when you're, when you're when you're going through it, it feels like it's it's, it's an unbeatable enemy. Yes, but there is, but you can beat it, and that's really all I want to do. I just want to carry a message that you know there's nothing special about what I'm doing. It's just it's just something that I'm doing. It's it's, it's a story that I'm that I want to tell, and um, yeah. you know and that. But and as you know, it is I'm, special. You know, well, thank you. But 
as you know, you know me. I'm a very, very you know, I, I have self-esteem issues, and this he's, is, he's this, his own worst critic. This is very hard for me to be in front of this camera right now. And I'm be, pretty nervous myself right now. This is hard, you know. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you know. Well, Love this guy. Solange says she what? likes this guy too. <laughs> he's hot. Hey, so such a good guy. He's also. Uh, Looking for sponsorship from Patagonia, <laughs> which I just recently found out that it's everybody that's watching this or listening to this DM Patagonia, Patagonia. write them emails, sponsor this guy. Yeah, sponsor this guy. <laughs> I think all uh, you know, Yvonne Chenard uh, is all set with sponsoring fifty-year-old men climbing, uh, you know, climbing uh, mountains with two busted-out knees. So yeah, yeah and you're only forty, so that's great. Yeah, I wish. That works well. <laughs> <laughs> but that is uh, that's that's amazing. I'm I'm so excited to um, to hopefully get to know you more. Thank you, awesome. And, uh, Appreciate and, you guys having me, man. We this is, the we, we, this this is overdue. We needed you on here a long time ago, and I do definitely think we need a part two, especially more as yeah. we're as we're moving into the time. Maybe a little bit closer too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When you're going to be climbing, that'd be amazing. And you'll have a green room this time around. We can we, we can do the green. We'll room. create one. Okay. Odie, can we create a green room? Yes. All I, right. I have a, li a list of um, you know demands. I, you know, I yes. can, we'll get you <laughs> green M and M's yeah, only. Well, just, <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Coconut we want to thank you guys all for yes. for uh, watching the show today. We also wanted to say that where else can they find the podcast, Mr. Austin? Yeah, anywhere you listen uh, or watch podcasts. So we're um, we're on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Um, YouTube. We're also on YouTube. We have uh, an Instagram account, a Facebook account. Um, you can Just pretty much the sober grind. You can Google sober grinds, right. and and we're all over the place. So. And also, I wanted to talk about a page that's here on Facebook called Ask an Addiction Specialist. It's actually down in the bar there, but you can also type it up in the top bar um, if you have any questions about somebody that's suffering with addiction or alcoholism, or you yourself might have some questions because you're suffering. Please feel free to be added to the page. Just send us a request. Uh, we do that to, you know, for the safety of the group. And if you come in, we have professionals that are always readily available. They make themselves readily available to answer any questions that you may have. Or we have people in the community of recovery too that often pop in and they can answer your questions too. Absolutely. And if you enjoyed the show, if you found it helpful, if you know someone else that would find this helpful, we would very much appreciate a five-star review on iTunes. It makes the world go round, and it's worth your weight in gold. Jamie, thank you thank so you much for it. coming on. Thanks, the Jamie. Guy. Can I just say one more thing? Yes. Everybody, don't stop climbing. It gets better. Can't thank stop. Won't stop. Don't stop. Find thank your you mountain. <laughs> so grind out. So grind. <laughs>